Welcome to Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on all things Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat reporter for the Mercury News. A great show today. I'll have my thoughts on what Kelly Oubre Jr. can bring to the Warriors and the additions of Kent Bazemore and Brad Wanamaker. And close the show by talking about what else the Warriors might do this offseason. It's all coming up. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team... Every day. All right, let's do this. When I last talked to you last week, Clay Thompson was ruled out for the season. I mentioned a few players that the Warriors could target with a trade exception to help replace him, and one of the guys I mentioned was Kelly Oubre. Now, I said he might not be the best option for a win-now team because he's young, he's not as proven defensively, and then I offered guys like Eric Bledsoe and Eric Gordon as alternatives, but the Warriors went ahead and traded for Oubre. Now, I don't know who else was available. All right, that's that's worth pointing out. I don't know if Bledsoe and Gordon were available for a trade, but to me, this signals that Golden State is continuing to build for the future or at least stacking assets in the case of a trade for for a possible star that comes along, or, or both, right? That It could be both. Um, but I'll get to that in a minute because I think Oubre could work with this team. I'm a big Kelly Oubre fan. I like his game a lot. He's he's a natural scorer. He averaged nearly 19 points per game last year. He's a really good rebounder for his position too. Uh, a little bit more than six rebounds per game last year for Phoenix. It was his only year as a starter. Before that, he had been with Washington um, and, and had a hard time as a late lottery pick sort of finding his footing in the league. I, I think you could chalk that up to his circumstance and as much as anything, but there was also some, you know, some some stuff about maybe not being the most mature guy in the in the league. Uh, he he could be, he's not the best. Uh, he he can't just naturally fit on any roster because he's not a great passer, uh, and he's just sort of been an okay defender, right? I mean, this is a guy who averages you know an assist per game. Basically, at a, at a perimeter position, not a really great ball mover, but he's not really asked to do that either. His, he thrives in transition. He thrives on slashing to the basket. He's not really asked to play make a whole lot, um, and maybe that's something that the Warriors could could use or, or at least try to tap into. But my sense is that they're going to rely on him as a wing scorer, and that's what he's good at. Decent three point shooter. Um, like I said, thrives in, in getting rebounds, grabbing a board, and, and getting in transition. I think with Ubre and Wiggins and now Wiseman, this team is going to have to play really fast in order to maximize these guys. And you lose Clay Thompson, you're not going to be efficient shooting from beyond the arc anymore the way that you were, but you could still be efficient shooting at the rim, right? I mean, you've got guys like Wiseman and Marquise Chris who are these great dunkers, lob finishers. Uh, Wiggins and Ubre, who thrive as skilled and savvy cutters, you might not be as efficient from three-point range, but you could be more efficient than you were last year on two-pointers. And efficient scoring is efficient scoring. I think Ubre is going to be able to give them some of that uh, on offense. Defensively, now you just have look. He's a little raw, but he, he's a stout one-on-one defender. He needs to work on some of the team awareness, not getting back cut and, and you know paying attention to switches and things like that, just like Wiggins does. But I think with Ubre and Wiggins, you've got two guys who are really are, are pretty good one-on-one defenders in isolation, and that's going to be helpful when you go against the Lakers and the Clippers and the Rockets and teams with these isolation scorers. 
and it's up to Steve Kerr and Ron Adams and Jaron Collins to teach them and get the most out of them defensively. And by the way, having a guy like Draymond Green there and Steph Curry there to hold them accountable is going to help too. So I, I like the addition. Oubre will be 25 next month. Wiggins is already 25. Wiseman is 19 years old. Marquise Chris is, what, 23? I mean, this is a young team. They are going to be relying on a lot of young players. And that's okay. It sets them up well in the future. Wiseman is probably the only guy out of that group with superstar potential. And so if you're planning for 2027, 2028, then great, right? I do wonder how much the Warriors need to make a win-now move. And I think a guy like Kelly Oubre, who's on an expiring contract, they could re-sign him at the end of the year, or they could trade him by the deadline, they can make, or just let him walk in free agency if he's not a good fit. But these are guys that, with you know Wiseman, Oubre, maybe Wiggins, if they can get a lot out of them, they've got Minnesota's first-round pick, they've got their own first-round pick, and then they can't trade a first-rounder, I don't think, until 2027. But there's, there's assets that they could put together in the case of a superstar trade. I think the Giannis thing, that ship has sailed. The Drew Holiday acquisition makes it look like maybe the Bucks think that he's going to sign that Supermax contract. And by the time you're hearing this, who knows, maybe he already has. But uh, the Bogdan Bogdanovich thing that got, bun- that got you know, all screwed up, maybe that makes Giannis hesitate a little bit. But I, would still, I still got to believe that the, the, the Milwaukee's got to be pretty confident. You've got teams still like Miami and Toronto and Dallas maintaining cap space in 2021, that which has led some spe- led to some speculation that, hey, maybe those front offices think Giannis is going to be available, but there's still going to be a lot of 2021 free agents that those guys could chase, if not Giannis. So it still makes sense to maintain cap space for next year. In the, in the case of the Warriors, if it's not Giannis, I think you need to start monitoring what's happening with Bradley Beal. Uh, what's going on in Philadelphia? If it looks like Houston's going to hold on to James Harden, um, What's going on in Philadelphia with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons? What's going on in Utah with Rudy Gobert? Like, these are the players that I would be looking at if I'm Golden State. If it looks like things are going south earlier in the season, I don't even think you need to wait until the trade deadline if one of those guys becomes available to try to make a move to get one of those guys because I don't know that Klay Thompson is ever going to get back to what he was. This guy who is shooting threes and coming off of screens and flying off of pin downs and running around the arc all the time and relocating and shooting three-pointers at, at an efficient rate. I don't know that that guy comes back, let alone the guy who he was defensively. Like, I don't think he'll ever be as good a defender as he was. So what are we looking at it with Klay Thompson? I think I don't think you can pencil him in as being a top 30, 40 NBA player anymore. Draymond Green, I'm not sure, is a top 30 NBA player anymore as he gets older. Steph Curry is still a top five player. But you need a second superstar in today's NBA to win a championship. And if, you think, if you're trying to maximize Steph Curry's championship window, you need to figure out a way to go get that second superstar. If not, you're relying on you know, Steph maybe being the, having a, another MVP-type season, Draymond Green bouncing back, and then one of Wiseman, Oubre, and Wiggins, or probably all three of them, taking significant leaps that I think that they can make, but maybe not as quickly as the Warriors need them to make. So I think the Warriors are going to be a playoff team. I like this roster. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch. They're going to play fast. They're going to be switchable defensively. They're going to be much better and much more entertaining than they were last season, no doubt. I expect them to be in the playoffs, but they are not, to me, a contender in the West right now with these moves that they've made. And look, I think this is the best that they could have done. With with Clay going down, 
guys like Marcus Saul, Serge Ibaka, they weren't coming to Golden State because Golden State's not a contender. The Lakers, the Clippers, those teams are right now. The Warriors will make the playoffs. They'll be entertaining. It'll be a fun season. But I don't have them as a contender right now. Coming up, I'll talk about how Kent Bazemore and Brad Wanamaker will help solidify the Warriors bench. But first, let's talk about Built Bar. If you're like me, when you get hungry, you can make bad decisions. But the best way to avoid blowing your diet is to be prepared. That's why I always have a box of Built Bars in the kitchen. Not only is this the best tasting protein bar I've ever had, it's the most healthy and it fills me up while I'm busy or I'm on the go. With 18 amazing flavors, including new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate and soft and easy to chew. They taste like a candy bar, but they're low calorie and low sugar, while also being high in protein and fiber, making them perfect for keto and other low-carb diets. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order plus a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Over the weekend, the Warriors added Kent Bazemore and Brad Wanamaker to fill out the bench. Both are 31 years old. They both signed to one-year deals. They're both smart players who can shoot the ball, defend at a decent level. Uh, I think they're going to help. But, you know, this is not Andre Iguodala and Sean Livingston coming off the bench. The fact that they're signed to one-year deals means that uh, the Warriors are going to maintain some flexibility with those spots on the roster. The Warriors now have 17 players under contract, I think what you'll see is probably Michael Mulder and Juan Descano-Anderson, both on non-guaranteed deals, get waived. I think the Warriors would like to bring them both back on two-way contracts, but that's not a guarantee. Once they're waived, they can get picked up by any other team that wants to offer them a roster spot, which could, which could happen. I could see like a Michael Mulder get scooped up by the Houston Rockets. You know, that's something that makes sense to me. But um, I think, you know... Last year was about development. It was about injuries, but it was about development, right? You wanted to try to find guys who can carve out spots in a rotation going forward. And they got younger, right? Like, I, and I think the two guys that they found who are going to play meaningful minutes next season are Marquise Chris and Eric Paschal. Chris could still be the starter on opening night, um, if not James Wiseman. And Eric Paschal has a chance to be in the closing lineup just as much as anybody else on this roster does. I think those are the guys that they found. I think Jordan Poole can play, will, will play some minutes off the bench. Uh, I think Nico Mannion, who was drafted, could play some minutes as far as another young guy. But uh, I, I also think it was telling that they had to go out, the Warriors, and sign reliable veterans. And ba- Bazemore and Wanamaker are reliable, if not spectacular. They're reliable. Okay, They're both above-average three-point shooters. Um, they try really hard defensively. They're willing ball movers. I think they're just going to... These are two guys that can just sort of fit seamlessly in what the Warriors want to do. And I think they're going to soak up a lot of minutes. They're good players. Okay, Wanamaker was a, 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 a played an important role off of Boston's bench last year. Baseball had a really nice year. He, had, he played 25 games for Sacramento last year uh, and, and shot more, better than 38% from three. It was a really... It was a really good locker room presence for them. He's got a relationship with Steph Curry that they've maintained through the years. And uh, I think he's going to be a really nice locker room fit too, as will Wanamaker. So I like these moves. But um, it, you know, when you see other teams adding... When you see the Lakers adding Marcus Saul and Montrezl Harrell and Wesley Matthews and Dennis Schroeder and you see the Clippers adding Serge Ibaka... I just, I don't know that Ubre 
Bazemore and Wanamaker's enough, especially after you lost Clay Thompson. Like I said, if you had Clay, I love those additions. If you have Clay Thompson and you're bringing Ubre, Bazemore, and Wanamaker off the bench, wow. Now that's a deep championship contending team. But without Thompson, it's not quite there yet. Now I still like the team's depth. I still think that they could do stuff in the playoffs. If you get another MVP caliber year from Steph Curry, they're an injury away in the playoffs to another team from making it to the Western Conference Finals. I'm not ruling that out, okay? They're an injury and a big leap from a player away from anything happening. And when you got Steph, look, I think anything can happen. He's that transcendent of a player. But uh, this, in the wake of Klay Thompson, the offseason didn't strike me as very creative. Um, I think, you know, even with... Wiseman and Ubre, these were guys that were always targets for about a year, you know, and it, they, the Warriors kind of went the predictable route. Now, I'm not saying that that's the wrong route. I'm just saying it's, it's kind of predictable where, you know, the Lakers, you got to give them credit for at least being creative. Um, now, again, I don't know how creative the Warriors could be in the wake of Klay Thompson getting hurt. I don't know how many free agents wanted to come to the Warriors. Had you had Klay Thompson healthy, you were more in line for Marcus Gasol. You were more in line for Paul Millsap. These guys who, Danilo Gallinari, guys who signed elsewhere. But because Klay got hurt and the Warriors aren't viewed as a contender, you're not getting these veteran free agents who are willing to take less money to play for a contender. They're going to go elsewhere. Now, as far as how this roster is going to operate, I think the, the starting five is, is pretty set with, you know, I think the, the center position might be up in the air. I think James Wiseman, Marquise Chris will be one of those two of your opening night starter. Uh, you'll have Bazemore and Wanamaker and Pascal playing key roles off the bench, and then you'll get rotation minutes from some other guys. I, don't, I think the days of knowing who the closing lineup is going to be are long gone. And that's okay. That's basically how the rest of the NBA operates. Like, not every NBA, not every team has a death lineup. It's basically who has the hot hand and who's playing well, and that's going to be our closing five. And that's what the Warriors are going to be doing going forward. I think you can pencil in Curry, Draymond, probably Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins. But look, if one of those guys are having an off night, they, they don't have to finish a game. But I would pencil in those four. And then depending on the matchup and who's playing well will be your fifth starter, I think, or your fifth closer. Bazemore has a really it could be a, a it could have an inside track on closing most nights. But if Wanamaker's got the hot hand one night, he could be he could be in there. Uh, if they're playing one of these teams that are big, like you know the Clippers or the Lakers or the Nuggets, it could be Wiseman, Marquise, Chris, or Kevon Looney, you know, ending a game who, depending on who's playing well that night. So uh, I think that actually will give Steve Kerr a little bit more flexibility, a little bit more creativity. I think he's going to like that based on matchups. Who he's want to go? Who he wants to go with in the final few minutes to close out a game? Um, but like I said, the days of knowing who that closing lineup is going to be long gone. I think for Golden State. I'll open up the mail next. This is Locked On Warriors. If you haven't already done so, now is a perfect time to hit that subscribe button to get episodes of Locked On Warriors every day. Also, listen to Locked On NBA on Mondays. Josh Lloyd, host of our wildly popular Locked On Fantasy Basketball takes you around the NBA's major headlines with the help of our local experts. Subscribe to Locked on NBA uh, wherever you get podcasts. Uh, all right, let's open up the mail. This comes from Gregor Vusachink. I don't know if I got that right. I can't believe people, analysts, etc., 
did not pick up on the big picture of Oubre's signing in light of Clay's injury. It's not even about Oubre, but rather a message to Giannis that no expense will be spent in chasing rings, and proof is in the pudding, the biggest luxury tax ever. I think that the Oubre trade does signal that ownership is willing to spend. And by and, and look, don't discredit the impact that making that Oubre acquisition had on the rest of that Warriors team. The Warriors players, the coaches, people in that front office saw that Joe Lacob was willing to spend on this team despite Clay going down, and that has created a lot of confidence and optimism in that group. He's really rallied the troops by making that Oubre trade. There is... You know, I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to go as far as to say there's good vibes in the organization because, of course, Clay Thompson still tore his Achilles, but it helped. I mean, it really helped the the outlook in that organization. It helped the atmosphere. It helped the morale. Uh, I, I think that Joe Lacob understood that if he does, if he didn't make that deal, it would have had a really detrimental impact on that locker room and that front office, the confidence overall, the morale overall. Uh, Got to give him credit. Like, this is a guy who always preaches, hey, I'm going to spend. I want to be competitive. and I want to win championships above all else. And, and look, I don't think that the Oubre deal makes them a championship team, but he's at least spending. And this team is going to be really expensive. Um, I don't know that it's enough to show Giannis that, hey, don't sign that Supermax. Just come to Golden State instead. Because, like I said, all, all indications are that Giannis is going to sign the Supermax contract, but maybe it has that effect on another free agent down the line. Now, the Warriors don't have money in free agency. That's the problem. So for them to get a superstar, that superstar is going to have to circle Golden State and say, I want to go there. Trade me there. Which we've seen like with Anthony Davis and Paul George and players like that in the past. That can happen. Players have that power now. But I do start to wonder how long you can put together the most expensive team in the NBA and not be a championship team. I mean, this is a team with basically four or five players that is going to be over the tax, certainly over the cap, every year. And if you re-sign Kelly Oubre after the season, man, you're basically signing a check and saying, we're going to have the most expensive payroll in history a lot for several years. And when you look at who the contracts are going to. Only Steph Curry is really worth that deal right now. Draymond Green, like I said, is going to get older. And that contract is going to look um, increasingly worse. Klay Thompson, man, that deal is not looking good now coming off of two major lower body injuries. And then Andrew Wiggins, he might be nice for Golden State. I think he's going to work out, but he's never going to be worth $30 million a year. And if you've got to re-sign Kelly Oubre, that's going to run you $15, 20000000 million a year probably. That's really expensive. And then a few years down the line, you're going to have a rookie extension for Eric Paschal. You're going to have a rookie extension for James Wiseman. This roster, this decade, is only going to get more expensive, and I don't know that it's going to get a whole lot better. So how much longer, if you're Joe Lacob, can you sit on this roster and, and be willing to pay it? I don't know. And so that's what brings me to the lot. Like, you just sort of go to this logical conclusion that at some point, 
if this team can't return to contention, if Clay doesn't look like Clay Thompson when he comes back from injury next year, you got to start thinking about packaging some of these parts and make and making an all-in move to go get a bona fide top 15, 20 player in the NBA. I think that you're about a year and a half away from really having to ask that question. And and if you ask me, I think I think that question needs to be asked right now. Because I don't think you can afford to waste any time of Steph Curry's prime. Uh, mid-level exception writes in, do you think that we're done at center? Aaron Baines is gone too, but someone like Dwayne Dedman could still be an option. No, I think with by signing or by drafting James Wiseman, the Warriors are done at center. I think they're I think this roster is settled. I think this is the group. You got 17 players under contract, like I said. I think the 15 are pretty much set. You got two players who are probably gonna get waived, maybe get converted to two-way contracts. But I think what we see now is basically the group. That's the roster. Now they're gonna have still this disabled player exception. That doesn't expire until you know you're in, in, in the season. So should they be a little bit more competitive than we think? Um they could use that disabled player exception to go get somebody on a buyout, to go acquire a free agent during the season, or make some sort of deal during the season to, to you know, improve the team down the line. So that disabled player exemption is going to be a nice tool for them to use if they decide to use it in the middle of the year. I don't think that they're going to use it right now. There's just nobody out there that's worth that money right now. Um, that could, that's a realistic target. I think at center, you're pretty much set with Wiseman, Chris, and Kevon Looney. There's three guys. There's too many. And, and you've already got Draymond Green, who's, you know, you're going to pencil in, him in for some minutes at center, too, in smaller lineups. So, yeah, I think that the team's done at center. I think the team is done overall. And if they are approved the disabled player exception by the NBA at some point, I think you're going to see that used in the middle of the season, if it's used at all, as opposed to uh, at the end of this offseason, after the, most of the free agents have already dried up. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Lockdown Warriors wherever you listen to podcasts. Please rate, review, say nice things about the show. Thanks to Built Bar for sponsoring today's episode. You can send your comments and questions to me on Twitter at WC Goldberg or email them to me at wgoldberg at bayarearenewsgroup.com. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and I'll see you here tomorrow morning. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Superlight Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Superlight Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And, because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot code SUPER24.